You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post game podcast. Test, test, test. <clears throat> Oh, hi there. Al Dukes here, and uh, Jerry Recco is on uh, a scheduled day off, so joining me on the post-game podcast is Eddie Scazzeri. Hello, podcast people. Oh, the podcast people are back. Uh, so a couple things here, Eddie. Um, one, I wanted to see, um, well, I, 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 I bought a, a new used car. Yes, I'm aware. I bought a new used car, and um, upon taking it home, I noticed that it smelled of smoke. That mm-hmm. the uh, prior owner was a right. smoker. Uh, car's three years old, so it wasn't like you know like a ten year old car that had been smoked in. But um, it has a leather interior, so initially I just thought maybe it was the smell of leather. Right, the leather smell has a certain smell. Has a certain smell. The smell of a man, Eddie. Like manly, a, sure. Like a manly. I gotta be honest. Like the smell of leather and cigarette smoke is a manly smell. Yes, mix in a little Old Spice or something. Yes, uh, it is manly and rugged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So clearly, a rugged man had the car. So absolutely, two straight owners of rugged men. This car, fortunate enough now to have. Yes, but I wanted to get the smell out of my car, and uh, I, I went to Twitter first. I Googled it, and it was like so complicated. Nine million steps. All these people. So I took to Twitter and. Um, a lot of people recommended something called Osium Spray. Are you familiar? I am not. It's this, uh, I guess, some very powerful thing you spray in the air. It's it's not like you don't spray the carpets with it or anything. Okay. Spray it in the air, and then you're supposed to, like, just two, two sprays. And then you close up the car uh, overnight, and the next day the smell should be gone. Well, it took me two treatments, but I, I believe I got the smell out. But Okay. I always worry about super powerful chemical things. Like, what could that possibly be? Yeah, what is it doing? That's taking smoke out of the air. It's, uh, yeah, and the fact that you're not spraying it on the fabric. Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah. I did start to think, though, because people were going, oh, you got to clean the cabin filter. You've got to clean the leather. The smoke is in the leather. Get this leather cleaner. Get this cabin filter. It was a million different things that you don't think of where smells could be, even in a small car. Yep. Like someone was like, oh, you got to clean the header. I go, what? What does that mean? That means the fabric on the ceiling of the car. Oh. Makes sense because it is a fabric. It's not like vinyl. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I Febrezing that. I was like spraying Febreze everywhere. There's Osium spray everywhere. 
So hopefully I I got it. But when I was relaying this story to you uh, in the office this morning, mm-hmm. you told me you once had uh, you once had an odor in your car. Yes, which was probably the worst odor. Uh, one of a cat peed in your I, car. Uh, yeah, right? my cat. You had a cat early on. We were taking him to the vet, and like he just couldn't make it home. Yeah, and uh, had a little pee pee in the car, and. Years later, on humid days, you would smell the cat pee. Do you remember what you did to get it out originally? I just, you know, cleaned it, bait, and it was fabric, unfortunately, not uh, leather. On a on the seat or the rug? On the seat of the on my Ford Ranger pickup. <laughs> Believe it or not, I had a pickup at nice. one time in my life. Big carbon footprint you had. Oh back yeah, there. yeah, uh, and uh, yeah. But for years after, on hot, humid days, it would still be there. You'd remember your old cat. Yes. And then, uh, so you, on this uh, hot human day yesterday, that's it comes out. It does come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When a car sits in the sun, it will bring out sometimes nice odors. Yes. Like I had a car that was five years old, but on a nice hot summer day, when you would get into that car, when the windows were rolled up mm-hmm. and it had been sitting in the sun, and you'd get in there. 120 degrees in there. 120 degrees in there. You'd hop in there and be like, hmm, it's the new new, new car, car smell. Sure. I still smell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it works the, with opposite odors as well. Mm-hmm. So thank you to everyone who recommended some things, but I think that Osium spray did work. Excellent. Then people were writing to me about, much like you had the cat urine, uh, people were saying, oh, my uh, child vomited in my car once. That's, took... I think that might be worse than urine. Vomit? Yeah. I thought cat urine, cat urine in particular, of all the urines, mm-hmm. was very pungent. It does, It has a, a whatever. I think it's the ammonia in the pee yes. that really makes it uh, unpleasant. Yeah. And maybe the cat was marking its territory. They say they do that. Uh, no, he just had pee. to go and was nowhere near a litter box and oh. uh, couldn't hold it. Thought, how about this um, bucket seat in a uh, right. Ford Here we go. pickup truck? Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, this came up on the program. Uh, Boomer uh, got a speeding ticket over the weekend mm-hmm. and did not use one of his PBA cards. He claims to did not break it out, did not hand it over when you um, hand over your license and registration, car insurance. He Mm -hmm. did, you know, you're supposed to, if you have a PBA card, that's when you hand it over. Right. In that pile. Yes. Now we, because um, we do uh, softball games with police officers, uh, we've done uh, charity work that involved police officers. We're afforded some PBA cards over the years. Yes, and and like detectives endowment cards, many things. Many things that we would use to get out of speeding tickets. Right. Now, you relayed briefly during the program that you recently got a ticket going into the the Holland Tunnel. Yes. And did not break out your PBA card. No, it was a, a situation where they do the overnight construction. Yeah. And then they drop the speed limit. Uh, to 35 miles an hour, I believe. In the tunnel itself? In the tunnel as opposed to 45. Okay. And I was just, you know, cruising along. I was the you know, like, like there was no one ahead of me, and I was right. listening to my book on tape as usual. I just had, just was like not going 80 miles an hour, but I was probably going like 47 miles an hour. Not even thinking about the 35 and the 35. Yeah, I wouldn't 45. think of that either. And and so all of a sudden I see ahead of me I see somebody waving a flashlight, 
sort of in, in the, the tunnel in the middle. And I was like, okay, that's weird. And then he was waving and he waved me over. So I was like, okay, I had no idea what it was about even. Right. No clue that I had done anything wrong. And uh, then there was a police officer and he came up to me. He goes, oh, you were speeding. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. And I didn't even think to uh, pull out the card. I yeah. just was like, where's my insurance card and all this other stuff that you have to hand over. And then at that point, I thought it would be douchey. Just yeah. like, oh, but you know, here you go. Perhaps you've not seen this that I have. Oh, right. And I just, I kind of always feel douchey about that yeah. anyway, uh, just doing that. And so I just uh, said, uh, okay, and thank you. And did he ask where you were headed? Uh, he did not. He did not. Uh, I don't know why. Usually they do ask yeah. that question, but uh, he didn't and uh, gave me the ticket. Because I've had that, you know, where they'll say, especially in the city at 3 a.m. Yes. Well, I've had, not that I've been pulled over for doing something bad, but around here, what, three, four times a year, they'll have those checkpoints. Yes. Where they're checking, I think, for drunk drivers, I Probably. think. Probably. And uh, I get stopped at those, and then they'll ask me then, what are you doing? You know, why are you out here at 3 o'clock in the morning? Right. And uh, then I tell them I'm going to work, and... And that's it. Because I have had them ask, where are you going at work? And then they say, where do you work? Because it's yes. 3 a.m. Right. And I've said WFAN. That's gotten me out of some, some things. Yes. Just well, doing that. But for, for me, it's always at those checkpoints where I, I'm not, obviously I'm not drunk, so I haven't really done anything. I sometimes like to get pulled over at checkpoints because yes. I feel like, look at me, not drunk driving. Yeah, there you go. Right. Please pull me over. Although, like, at that time, all I want to do is find a parking spot, right. and it's just sort of, like, a hassle. But if, uh, if I were a cop and I saw anyone on the road at 3 a.m., I'd think they'd up to no good. Uh, yes, true. Um, well, less so in New York because there's so many people that yeah. a certain percentage are going to be out. But I will say this about the police officer in the uh, tunnel. He was very nice, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, he was doing his job. Yes. And if there's guys working... Uh, which there every day there are people working. You don't want to be zipping by. So now when I'm in the tunnel, I make sure I keep it at 35 and away you go. But think how many times we've all driven through that tunnel oh, at 3 a.m. Yeah. Flying. Right. Well, not, we're not, again, we're not going 70 miles an hour. Right. We're probably going 50 miles an hour. Correct. And, you know, I'm in fifth gear or sixth gear or whatever my stick shift. And again, I'm zoned out. I'm not even thinking about anything. I'm just sort of in, into my book and sort of watching for any obstacles. I do think about uh, construction guys on the road at that hour, and especially like, you know, in the tunnel, it's it's tight. Yes, it is. Because you've got to assume that at 3 a.m., if people are not going to work, they're up to no good. And I would think, blasted. Uh, like, I'd be nervous working in the tunnel. Yeah, for sure. Which is why there's a speed limit, which is why I got a ticket. Right. All right. I do have a few stories for you, Eddie. Already? Let me see. I haven't looked them over yet. I'll tell you what I... Let me see which ones I have That's here. That's very unlike you. Uh, yeah, normally I'm very good at this. Let me see which ones... Um, oh, uh, my friend Paul and I recently did a, a boring podcast on the last episode we had called uh, Things and People That Seemingly Disappeared. Okay. And, and where just, can you get this podcast? Oh, wherever uh, wherever you get this one. Oh, okay. If you're hearing this one, just go look for Al's Boring Podcast. There you go. 
it was like things and people that disappeared. So today on the show, we hear about hoof and ma- uh, mouth disease or hand and mouth, which I thought was one of those things that was in the news, in the news, and then never heard from again. Like Legionnaire's disease, which exactly. recently popped up in the Bronx again. Right, which just had disappeared for a while. But one of the people that we discussed on that podcast of someone who seemingly disappeared was Journey lead singer Steve Perry. Ah. Right? Right. You know, he left the band. They got the uh, the fella from, from the Philippines. Yes. Who sounds just like uh, Steve Perry. But I'm reading an article today that Steve Perry may be returning uh, to music. His last performance was in 1995. Wow. Yeah. Since then, it says he's made a handful of live appearances. He showed up with the band The Eels three times during their 2014 tour, and he sang a Journey song with them. Are you familiar with The Eels? Uh, oh, uh, yes. not. I don't know a lot of their stuff, maybe one or two songs, but I do remember seeing videos on YouTube of Steve Perry showing up to one, of their, one or two of their shows and singing songs. So uh, he may be getting back in the music uh, thing. I hope his voice still sounds great. But no shoddies back with uh, Journey. They hate him or something? I don't know. They just went their separate ways. Interesting. Oh, which is a Journey song, Separate oh, Ways. Oh, see what you did I didn't there. even do that on purpose. Yeah. Let's see what this says here, Eddie. Uh, the material that he's written, he says he went through life-changing experiences in 2012 when he went through a cancer scare mm-hmm. and also lost his girlfriend to cancer. Well, he's been going through some things. And oftentimes, sadly, that that sort of um, tragedy will spark the muse once again. So The writing know, muse? Uh-huh. Sometimes, like a, a tragic event like that will sort of rekindle that creative spark for whatever reason. Yeah. He's going to be doing an interview on October 7th, this Steve Perry, with uh, CBS Sunday Morning. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in this. Well, perhaps he would like to join the Boomer and uh, Geo show. Oh, if I could get around Steve. that, that would be cool. If I could get Steve Perry in here, mm-hmm. he could sing with Jalapeno Dream. Yes. Geo's uh, old cover band. That's right. Well, it could happen, Al. Don't stop believing. I'm going to see um, Rick Springfield this Thursday. Yes, and, you uh, are. Pat Benatar. And how long a show will that be? That's a good question. I think Rick Springfield will do an hour. I think she might do uh, an hour, maybe two-hour show. If they played all their hits, yeah. I mean, it could be, what, three and a half hours? It maybe? could be. Yeah, I actually, I, I'll i do this occasionally, so I'm going to go see them. So I, I went to my Spotify and created a playlist of songs. Like, So when Gina and I are driving down Atlantic City, we'll get into the mood. We'll play yes, some songs. Sure. So I'm telling you, Rick Springfield probably has... 10 to 12 songs that you would, you know, uh, rock music people would know. And Pat Benatar, more than that. Yes. 15. Yeah, easy. Easy. The ones you forget about. Right. Like everyone always thinks, you know, Pat Benatar, Heartbreaker, and uh, Rick Springfield, Jesse's Girl. But they right. had a lot of. A lot. Pat Benatar in particular. She had a lot of hits. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how they're looking these days. I did see Rick Springfield about three years ago. I went to see him in Atlantic City. Guy looked tremendous, muscular. And uh, from what I remember, I believe Pat Benatar also is still uh, looking uh, pretty fine. I think so. I'll be photographing that and putting it on 
Instagram. That's right. Speaking of which, I have a new survey here, Eddie, that says millennials choose their vacation spots based on how Instagrammable they are. Hey. Mm. 40% of those surveyed valued their travel due to, quote, how Instagrammable it will be. <laughs> I love that. What makes something Instagrammable? Well, like, okay, so let's say I'm going to go to uh, Seattle. Yes. Instagrammable items. The Space Needle. Well, I can get some photos on of the course. Space Needle. Oh, that Pike's Market. Maybe I'll get some photos there. Where they throw the fish. Where they throw the big salmon at everybody. And also write down the block or market yeah. from, uh, I think, north of where they throw the fish is the original Starbucks. Instagrammable. The first Starbucks. For sure. So don't get confused. There's a few, There's obviously a million Starbucks, even in that little area, but you have to go to the original one. Is there a big sign that's going to go? Uh, no, I don't think so. But it's in the Pikes Market. It is. I, I went to the wrong one thinking it was the right one. Yeah. And then, of course, then we were walking around. I was like, God damn it. That's <laughs> the real one. So I can actually show you on a map. You oh, know, I would like you that. You know me and maps. I would like that. Yeah. Show me like on the street view, too, yes. so I could see what street I'm going on. And I don't I, want to go to a regular Starbucks. And you can maybe walk around the University of Washington. All Instagrammable. And that's right there. I'm kind of with the millennials on this one. And if you see maybe an orca in the Puget Sound, <laughs> that could happen. That I would like to Instagram. Now, you've even said that about me when I've not wanted to go somewhere or do something. You've said you could post on social media about it. Yes. As an enticing thing for me. Oh, I know it is. Oh, it's quite enticing. Mm-hmm. All right, Eddie. Uh, let me tell you about this. Now, it's over already? Well, well not quite. It's not quite because I, I wanted to tell you about uh, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. They have an Office of Mental Health and Suicide Prevention. Mm-hmm. And they've got a support line, Eddie, for veterans and their families. You can call 1-800-273-8255. And you press the number one, or you could go to veteranscrisisline.net and use the uh, chat function there. Or if you like texting, you can text them confidentially, 838-255. That's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, not only for veterans, but for their families as well. And three ways to do it. A phone yes. call, if that's what uh, how you work. Yes, a live chat, is that correct? Oh, live chat, definitely. And then uh, just texting. Simple texting, yes. And, and if I know you, mm-hmm. mm, it would either be the text or the live chat. Live chat. you wouldn't have to like really interact with right. someone. So you would go live chat. Personally, I would go live chat. Because it's a little more, it's quicker, yes, than uh, the text. You don't know if you're going to get one back. Well, you'll definitely get one back. I like the chat only because uh, I'm in front of my computer and not, on my phone. And it's much easier. Easier for me to see. Yes. Without putting my glasses Indeed. on. So why would you need this number? You would call the Veterans Crisis Line if you or someone you know is concerned about a veteran. If you go to veteranscrisisline.net, you can learn more about recognizing the signs of crisis, the warning signs of suicide, and how to respond to a veteran uh, in crisis. We do good things here on this podcast, yes, Eddie. This because, is one of them. And because PTSD is a real thing and it ruins people. It sure does. Uh, Jerry says that he has uh, he had a family member, he says, came back a completely different person after uh, 
Yep. After the war. Indeed. Uh, so, yeah, 1-800-273-8255 or check them out online, veteranscrisisline.net. Now, the warm-up program is next. That I did with CeeLo, I believe. Uh, yes, in brief, I made a, some brief appearances in oh, that you did. as well. Yes, we were talking about uh, hand and mouth disease Yes, that Noah Syndergaard has mm-hmm. and something to do with sheep. Yes. Uh, that's on the warm-up. That's next. CeeLo! It's the warm-up show with Alan Jerry. Brought to you by Newcastle Building Products, the only streak-free roof from Scotch Garden 3M. Use it on your roof already. Oh, hi there, Al Dukes here. Jerry's out again today. No idea what ballpark he's at. CeeLo sits in. Hello, Christopher. Good morning, Al. I think he's at maybe one of these local joints, you know, a little oh, local. Uh, Suns action, maybe a little Hazlitt, New Jersey Municipal, something along those okay. lines. Okay, one of those places. I know he's been touring the ballparks. I mm. thought maybe he took a quick trip somewhere to go maybe see another baseball did. game. It's possible. So this uh, Mets uh, situation, CeeLo, uh, we didn't call it that. Which I thought at first was a joke. I saw it on <laughs> Twitter first, and it was from a verified account that uh, Noah Syndergaard had uh, hand, foot, and mouth disease. Yes, or symptoms of, sure. Symptoms of. And I just remember that from like a number of years. I thought that had disappeared a number of years ago. Eddie, did they also call it hoof and mouth disease? Because you could get it from like petting a sheep. Well, when it happens in animals, it's hoof and mouth. Okay. Because uh, humans don't, don't have, have hooves. Right. Uh, we have hands and feet. But I thought if you caught it from like years ago, it'd be like, oh, you pet a sheep, you might get hand, foot, and hoof disease or something. Yeah, hoof and mouth, hand, foot, and mouth is the same uh, bacteria. Or got it. Yeah. So also Noah Coxsackie, I believe, is this another name for it. Another if I'm name. Not mistaken, Eddie. That uh, I would have to Google. All right. Go- Why don't you guys all Google that? I only ask. I should know because I had it last fall. How about that? You I had hoof and mouth disease. I had hand, foot, and mouth disease. You did. Pock courtesy Sackie. of my son via daycare. Pock kids will get you every time. This is what you know. I saw this Noah Syndergaard news, and they said, oh, he got it from children mm-hmm. when he was uh, doing some camp for kids. If you recall last week when I brought that up, we played a couple of cuts from Noah's appearance at said camp, and Jerry was like, what is he doing at a camp during All-Star right. break? And I was yes. like, yeah, some, time, some downtime. He went to help out some kids. Poor guy ended up with hand, foot, and mouth disease. How about Pac that? Sacky. This is why Eddie and I don't have children. Children. Not together, separately in our relationships. Of not that there would be anything wrong with that. One of many reasons. Because children will bring you hand, foot, and mouth disease. They'll bring you a lot of bad things. They're always sure. got snot everywhere. They're licking their hands. They don't wash, well, these children. you have to wash for them. Right. Pac Sacky. Yeah, or you get hoof disease like a sheep. <laughs> Why do you keep coming back to sheep with the hoof? Because <laughs> I remember well, that. Other animals have hooves. I, I know, but in like the UK or wherever this disease came from, it was like people petting sheep okay. and Just then the sheep. touching their food and getting hoof disease. Little uncomfortable bumps all over their hands yeah, and so mouth and feet. Sores in your mouth, yeah. rashes. It's now, not pleasant. You remember after the game Friday when he pitched against the Yankees, he got the win, but he said he might have, quote, dead arm. But not to worry, he'd be ready to go again. Turns out it wasn't dead arm. Hoof disease. That's right. Probably had those blisters and sores all over his feet. He couldn't quite push off the rubber as hard as he needed to, Al. It's really disgusting. I don't know if I'd go that far. but Sores and a hoof disease yeah, in your mouth? it's uncomfortable. I mean, he'll live. It goes away relelatively quick. They yeah, only they... expect him to miss just the one start. Yeah, just the one but start. It's just the snot idea. everywhere. 
of him contracting this from going to help out some kids at a camp. It's like the poor guy can't go give a couple pitching lessons, a little pick me up for some kids on during the All Star break. He's got to come back with a hand, foot, and mouth disease and miss a start. I'm waiting for the seven line to do some hoof disease t shirts with sure the, that they're working Noah on Syndergaard on them. No doubt. No doubt. Then I saw this, and um, uh, the, the uh, Saquon Barkley has been officially signed by the Giants. That's right. Signed his rookie contract, I believe, yesterday. Correct. It uh, has $31 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Now, nowhere in any of these things, and I read a lot, I'm a voracious, I'm just a ferocious reader, CeeLo. Nowhere did anyone say, uh, this is going to tick off Odell Beckham because I went and looked at his contract. He got like $5 million guaranteed. Depends on where, what draft slot you get taken in. Because now this guy's walking around with more cash than Odell. He yeah, isn't taking a snap yet. That's the way it goes. Them's the breaks. Why no. do you think Odell really wants the, the big contract now? Because he didn't cash in on the first deal. You know what I mean? So that has to do with the whole collective <clears throat> bargaining nonsense? It's, yeah, it's a, it's a slotted contract, Al. Slotted contract. where you're taking. Not that Beckham was taken that far down in the first round or anything like that, but Saquon Barkley is the second overall pick. Comes with big money. That's why people are so against taking running backs that high because you got to shell out all that guaranteed cash. And for some of them, their shelf life in the NFL is only four to five seasons. So Odell Beckham goes on Twitter or or opens up a newspaper or something, and he sees this. He's annoyed or not annoyed because he knew it was coming. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's annoyed. Think, I mean, there's not much the Giants can do if they want to get the guy signed. They have to be sort of in that that ballpark because it's it's slotted money based on where you're drafted. But I'm sure for him, it's just another reminder that he still doesn't have his long term contract. Got it. He's been a pretty good pretty good sport about it this offseason, I would say. And hopefully that continues into training camp, which is coming up. Players will be reporting later this week, right around the corner. I knew you would be able to explain that to me. Why Some wouldn't they put that in I'm capable of, other things I'm not, that one I could help you. Why out. wouldn't they put that in the articles? Like, oh, by the way, uh, the Odell situation was different because different years uh, slotted in different places in cash. Uh, well, did, was there anyone out there trying to drive a wedge between the Giants and Just Odell? Me. Because oh, well, here. there you have it. I was okay. going to attempt to do that yes. here. Well, I'm sorry to uh, you know put, right. put water all over that uh, fire you were trying to start. Then a very strange video I saw over the weekend as well, CeeLo. Josh Hader, pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. You'll recall during the All-Star game some uh, racist homophobic tweets surfaced from when he was 17 years old. Uh, Not a good look for him. So he uh, pitches for the first time at Miller Park in Milwaukee and got a standing ovation. Also something that came up on the show last week, and and Jerry and Gio, I believe, on the days that Boomer were out, had said, no way he can get a standing ovation, right? No, that would just be awkward. Sure enough, bang, standing ovation. Doesn't make any sense. That looked so strange to me. Yeah. And in particular, there was like one or two guys that they did close-ups on in particular who were wearing like uh, like the 1980s Brewer jerseys and hats that were so into and yeah. pumped. I was like, don't these guys got to go to work and now show up at work? And I don't know, it just was strange. I think I saw one of the guys turn around as if to say like, you know, encouraging others to cheer Everyone, along. get like, up. Dude, I mean, have your finger on the pulse here. You know, paying attention. It was just strange because even if you, uh, even if your opinion is, well, he was a dumb seventeen-year-old, and that could be an opinion. Yeah. You still, I don't think, gets a standing ovation. No. Does he need to be applauded for the fact that he was a dumb seventeen-year-old? I mean, it is what it is. Take your lumps and move on. Had to be pretty awkward for him as well. 
You think so? Well, he felt bad about it. He gave an apology after the game. I read that he was very emotional and apologizing to his teammates when he came back to the to the, to his clubhouse over right. the weekend. So now imagine you go out there after all that, and you get that all out of you want to move on, and now you're getting the standing ovation from the home fans after you just went through that whole thing of trying to fall on the sword and be apologetic about it publicly to the teammates, and now you're getting the standing. It just doesn't make any sense. It was I would a little, very uncomfortable. A little sure. I was uncomfortable watching yeah. the video. Right, so I'm thinking for him it had to be even more uncomfortable. And I'm uncomfortable for the two guys in particular that are going to work today. Yeah, get lost with them. Speaking of morons in yes. the crowd. Did you see the video? I believe it's from the Cubs game yes. yesterday. I'm sorry. Were you headed that way? No, Would no, you like no. To set this up? No, please go. So I guess it was a foul ball along the first baseline. The first base coach for, I don't know if it was the Cubs or the opposing team, tosses the ball into the front row of the stands trying to give it to a little boy who's there with either his mom or his grandma. Bobbles the ball, gets away under the seat. Some moron, you know, one of these guys is probably in his 40s, is there with his wife. Reaches down under the seat, steals the ball away, hands it to the wife, who wasn't even paying attention to the game. She's on her phone, and she's like, oh, my God, my husband gave me a ball, blah, blah, blah. Totally lost, not even paying attention to the fact that they had just robbed this foul ball from this young kid who would have been a baseball fan for life, taken away from it. Either they didn't care or they had no recognition of what was going on. And the facial expressions on all the different parties involved in this video, very interesting. I'd like your take on that. I could understand if a foul ball went into the crowd that a kid almost caught and then the 40-year-old bald gentleman did get it and handed it to the wife. But the fact that the ball was essentially almost handed to the kid from a coach that the kid mishandled. Like, hey, this is just for you (laughs) and only you. Yes. I will fight a kid for a foul ball. Would you? I I would even draw the line there, but okay. Well, I would catch it and then give it to the kid, be a hero. Would you? Yeah. Okay. To be a hero. All right. Well, that's fine. If the Jumbotron was on. (laughs) Um, But if uh, I'm being handed a ball, no, that goes to the kid. CeeLo, I have an interesting piece of Eli Manning memorabilia, which he's saved for a, quote, rainy day when the warm-up show continues. It's the dynamic duo of Alan Jerry on the warm-up show. Brought to you by Newcastle Building Products and the only streak-free roof from Scotch Garden 3M. The superheroes of building products. All right, we're back. This portion sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Mets and Yanks rained out last night in the Bronx. They'll make it up Monday, August 13th. Yanks raised tonight in St. Pete. Jacob deGrom and the Mets host the Padres. Noah Syndergaard, of course, to the DL. Symptoms of hand, foot, and mouth disease. Francesco Molinari, two-shot victory at the British Open. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind when Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Good luck, Al. I have, like, no time. Anyway, Eli was on uh, Dan Patrick's show and said that he still has his San Diego Chargers jersey. And he his uh, mama Manning went to, you know, toss it. Oh, you can't do that. And Arch said, save that for a rainy day. Imagine if the Mannings ever run out of cash. Hey, 